0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everybody, Bob for Brennan
0: Escott with you. It's a Thursday. This is Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. As we go to our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky, it just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. As we welcome back to the show, former Amberton Oilers player and now uh, their lead analyst on uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers broadcast, Louis de Hello, Louis. How are you? Hey, bro. I'm doing well today. How are you doing? Good. Hey, look, I got a bizarre text today. Uh oh. And, and the text said, can you ask Louis how he's uh, handling his finished basement?
1: <laughs>
0: his, what? his what his finished basement did you just get your basement finished at your house or what's going on
1: there <laughs> i am having my basement finished but it's uh yeah i'm not sure how whoever it is that texted in knows that but uh yeah it's in the process let's just say that now are you are you uh, a handyman at all i try to be you know i'd like to think that i'm okay but uh yeah, you know what, if I put my mind to it, I can usually get something figured out, but I leave the real difficult stuff to the professionals. Uh, my dad was an electrician, so I know not to really mess with electrical too often uh, if you don't have to, and it's certainly if it's a big job. But, you know, some things that I, I try and take on, if I, if I don't do a good job, then I know that I could probably call someone over to fix it for me. So that's kind of how I feel about it, but... Um, if I have the time, yeah, I like to try and be handy, but uh, I don't consider myself a super handyman. That's for sure.
0: Uh, I would be a top five finalist for Canada's worst handyman. I can tell you that right now, Louis. I, you know, I, I can sit here and dig for information, and I got. I think you're probably aware. I've got a pretty good memory for detail, yeah. uh, specific to sport and a little bit into uh, maybe history and politics. Uh, I've sort of forgotten all the stuff that I took uh, in my English lit, uh, English lit classes at the university, but that might have been because of the state that I was in on, uh, specifically on Friday mornings, as I recall. But, I mean, I, I just never, you know, my dad, who's long since passed, he was really good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I just never took, you know, and, and so we <laughs> have like to call... my
1: dad, too. We have to...
0: Yeah, go a jack for it.
1: of all trades type of thing, you know? He can do yeah. a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah. I can't like, seriously, man, I am I'm you know, even all the years I was in the reforestation industry, I had to get the new truck. I didn't get the old crummies and stuff like that that might break down once in a while. Because if it broke down and I had it, it was not getting restarted. Like and I had to get the brand new truck every year. Uh, so
1: it's just yeah, it's just what a little. I'm situ- not mechanically inclined when it comes to to vehicles. That's for sure. I don't. I've never even tried to mess with that. The new ones. I don't think you even want to try and mess with them. But you know what, I'll try stuff though, Bob. You know what, I will certainly uh, give it a go, especially with wood, you know, woodworking carpentry. My grandfather was a carpenter. I had a, a shed in the back and, you know, I fooled around with his tools and stuff like that, trying different things. And I know my way around them a bit, but I don't, I'm by no means an expert. It won't be a polished job, but I can get the job done. If it's something, you know, building the deck at the lake or something like that, I can figure things out like that and, and do that. But yeah, when it comes to the fine detail things that uh, a lot of people are going to see, I leave that to the professionals.
0: And I admire uh the ability of those individuals. It's it's
1: Yeah, normal. they're outstanding. I mean, they're they they do it for a living for a reason. They're really really good at it. Alright, so
0: Ken Holland comes in and doesn't have a lot of cap space and hires a veteran coach and they are tinkering uh, with this blueprint of the Edmonton Oilers, who have now won uh, seven of their last nine games. Let's not forget last year, the, uh, of the Canadian teams, the Oilers actually had the highest winning percentage, and I think Tip played a factor in that uh, because of the special teams. And uh, You know, they weren't a great five-on-five team, but they were an unbelievable team on the power play and PK during the course of the regular season. Uh, got off after the three and six start, they've now won seven of the last nine games. Why do you think that is the case? What's happened here?
1: Well, you know, I think they got back to the details of the game. And listen, you you don't have to look look back at those first few games that were played by anybody in the league, and it just seemed to be back and forth. Uh, a team would win one, lose one. In the back to backs, or two games in a row, three games in a row in a series that we're seeing this year, teams would respond, would rebound, make adjustments to their game and have a much better game usually in the second and third game. Um, but I think Evanston, more importantly, just started to tighten up a little bit, I, you know, for me, and that's just something that, and I agree with you. I think Dave Tipper coming in, that's the thing that he's preached right from day one last year. Um, we have to defend better. I mean, I don't know how many times he said it in the first two months of the season last year, but it was it, it was a lot. You know, that was the one thing they were focusing on. They knew that they had offensive talent. They had two of the best players in the world um, to kind of ride um, and generate that offense. And, 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 you know, at times they could load up that line when they wanted to, but for the team, whenever they've defended well is when they've been in hockey games. And I think they understand now, and it starts with Connor McDavid, it starts with Leon Draisaitl. They understand that they can't just go out there and you can't outscore all your mistakes all the time. You just can't. And if you try and do that, it's just not going to work out for you. But they have the ability to score enough in a game to win if they defend well. And for me, I look at the Montreal game before this two-game series versus Winnipeg. You know that's a team that they went in there, they didn't play very well the first two games against Montreal but they go in there with a purpose, they go in there with a game plan and they execute it and it was a much better hockey game, it was just a real detailed team win and that's what I'm seeing as of late, I'm seeing the team get involved and we've talked about the depth scoring with this team starting to come into into play which is very important, it's crucial and that to me just is a byproduct of the team playing the way that Dave Tippett wants them to play and that is just a, a strong unit up and down the ice, a real um you know, commitment to being tough in your defensive zone, blocking shots, being aggressive in front of the net. And I thought last night they did a much better job of that um than game one versus Winnipeg in this two game stand versus them. I I just think in the first game we saw a couple goals go in where there was guys in front of the net. People were in the right positions, but they just weren't kind of doing a job. At the end of the game last night, I mean Adam Larson you know labeled wheeler a couple of times he just yep. literally eliminated them and i and I really like to see that especially in the dying seconds of a game with thirty seconds left. Um, By the time you get possession back, you're probably not going to have to worry about the penalty you're going to take. So ratchet it up a little bit more physically in front of the net. And that's exactly what he did. And he blew out a guy that's not really that hard, not that easy to move around. He's a big guy himself, Wheeler, but there was a commitment to get him out of there and and get him out of the play and knock him off his feet. And that's exactly what he did. And I think I saw that in a more regular basis last night uh, in front of the net, but yeah, just tighten up the details playing stronger defense. And I know it's a cliche, but you know, you can't win in this league if you're not able to defend, and your goaltender's not going to give you saves. And that's something that's changed in the last little while, and it's it showed in the record.
0: Yeah, the Oilers uh, have given up 11 goals over the course of the last five games, but six of them were in the one game against Winnipeg. Yeah. So those other four, it's
1: been, much, four, it's been it's, much much better. Yeah. And I don't think we've probably talked about it enough. Um, and pro- most likely because Bob Connor, McDavid, and Leon Draisaitl are one one two in the league and scoring. You know, it's yeah. just. When you have that offensive power and you have that dynamic of players, we always want to talk on the offensive side of things and, and that dynamic offensive game that they can play. Because, listen, it's exciting. It's amazing. When you watch it, it is. It's incredible. It's just, you know, you. I don't know how many times plays have happened over the course of both of their careers where you just go, are you kidding me? That ha- that happened again? They, they really are that good. But, I would say to a man, both Connor and Leon this year just seem to have a little bit more of a desire to play on the defensive side of the puck, and I don't mean that like they haven't tried or they haven't been good before. I just there's just an extra little gear there as far as the effort level to get a puck back, and when you have Connor McDavid tracking pucks, how hard he's tracked pucks this year, uh, I you know. He's the fastest guy in the league, so he can be that fast on defense, and he is just not easy to play against when he wants that puck back, and I just think that just trickles down your lineup. When you see your top players playing that way, you have no choice. Everybody else has to play play that way.
0: Now, here's where we mentioned that the team goals against average is 3.33 through the first uh, 18 games of the year. Last year, Oilers finished at 3.03, but they had access to both goaltenders all year long, and that it, you know that was a big factor, and their penalty kill last year is at eighty four point four percent. And right, now it's, cr- and, it's and right now it's better lately. And and right now, right now it's climbed
1: to seventy five percent. Here's yeah. my. Th- it hey, was Louis, bad at the start of the year, to be honest with you. It was. And yeah. listen, there were some bad breaks, there were some unlucky bounces, sure. and some spooky sure. goals. But that was an area we talked a lot about with the power play. But again, the penalty kill had to start shutting things down as well.
0: I don't know when Ethan is coming back, uh, for Edmonton. I don't know what we're looking at in timeline, but I do know this, that if they get if they've got the two goaltenders and both guys can stay healthy, and when they get Bear back into their defense, I expect that D to continue to improve. As long as they don't lose McDavid and Dry like because they've got those two drivers up front, Bear will give them another guy that can transition the puck. But they gotta have the two goaltenders, especially in this compressed schedule, Louis.
1: I agree. And I think that's obviously what they wanted to have happen again when they re-signed Mike Smith and obviously brought him back with Miko Koskin and that was the game plan. It was like, listen, what they did last year was pretty solid. You know, and both guys had their stretches last year where they played really well, and both guys had their stretches where they struggled a bit too. And but the thing is when you have two guys that you can rely upon, it's just a it's a great one two punch. It's it's a real good situation to be in where both guys know they're going to get in games both guys know that if they're playing well they're going to get another start and it just all of a sudden builds that confidence and mike smith talked about it you know he's been really good since coming back by the way and i just think that time off i really do think the time off for a veteran player like him has really helped him he just looks recharged refreshed and really excited to be back and that's That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Um, Miko Koskinen had a real heavy load at the start of the year, and you know you can't take that you know away from him. The fact that he was stepping in there, no exhibition games, thrown right into the fire, and you know he just played a ton. And there had to be fatigue there. And I know they were trying to give him time off, and they were trying to rest him, and you know really limit his practice days and keep those to a minimum, and work on certain things, but. I'm sorry, that's just you know, that's a heavy workload for anybody. I don't care who you are. Um, so he did a pretty admirable job in that regard, considering the team was just starting to really find their way to be at- a good team defensively and play a solid structured game. Um, They're better now than they were at the start of the year, which means the goaltenders are going to be better because of a byproduct of that. Just simply, that's just the way it works. When the team plays well in front of you, goaltenders are going to face less high-quality shots. They're usually going to face more shots from distance and perimeter, and if you're battling in front for the second and third opportunities and not allowing those to happen, the goaltenders' numbers are going to go up. Yes, they still have to make those crucial saves in crucial times in the games, but as a team, you can help your goaltenders by being just, just more solid in front of them. And I think that's happened too, and I think that's exactly what they want to get going, is that one-two punch with both goaltenders feeling good about their game, the team feeling good about their game, and and rotating them through in a very short but very uh, active season. A lot of games in a short period of time, you're going to need both of them to play well.
0: Are you pleased with what we're seeing uh, with Paul Yarvey and RNH has, has picked it up here last couple games, but Paul Yarvey, four goals in his last six games, Playing with Connor because I'm going to tell you right now, Louis. I think Connor's going to have a stretch where he has, like, 12 points in three games. I know he's leading the league in scoring, <laughs> but he's creating so many chances he's going to have. Yeah. It, it's it's going to happen,
1: man. I'm going to tell you that right yeah, I now. I can't, I can't disagree with you because I mean, it could very well happen easily. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like I said at the start, we just, I know that we talk about it a lot, but rightfully so. I mean, some of the things that he's doing, he just tied Sidney Crosby for the quickest of 500 points in the modern era. And so he's done it now, and in my opinion, the hardest era to put points up in the National Hockey League. Simple as that. There's just no question about it. The, the teams defend better. The goalies are better. Everybody can skate fast. Everybody can check hard. It's, it's a different time. So the fact that he's done it, you know, you know, Sidney Crosby came in in 2005. It was the year they made the adjustment with the rules. You couldn't hook, you couldn't clutch, you couldn't grab. And I remember it was, there was penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty to start that season. It took a couple of years for players to really adjust to that. But the offensive guys, and especially a guy like Sidney Crosby, he could dominate you because you couldn't clutch and grab and you couldn't hook him. But as the players over the course of the last 15 years, you know, started to hone their skills based off of that type of a game, all the game has done has gotten faster and more skilled. And that's everybody to a man. And a lot of players got pushed out of the league after 2005 because they weren't fast and skilled enough to stay into the game with that speed and skill set. But now it's just the norm. And the fact that he's putting up, you know, it took him 63 games to put up his last hundred points in this era. That is absolutely incredible. I just think that is amazing. And, I, you know, I, I like I said, I know we give him a lot of credit. We talk about him a lot, but we should, because the things that he's doing right now are off the charts. It's off the charts, and I don't think he's going to slow down. I agree with you. I think he's just going to continue to play at that pace, continue to put up more points, and good on him we'll, we'll have fun
0: watching it well the other thing is the defense is i mean did you see the defense going into last night's game they had the highest scoring defense in the nhl i think the canucks had two points the orders had one now vancouver's played two more games so they're one point ahead of edmonton in terms of defense scoring orders well, still lead the league in goals from defense and we know bouchard's going to be a bigger part of this uh year forward um not sure what's going to happen with Barry and Larson beyond this year. But what I'm, again, once they get Barry, and I don't know when Barry's coming back. Dave Tippett said yesterday, setback. He was not on the ice today uh, for the optional skate, which is a little bit concerning. Um, but still, that's a, a very smart, intelligent puck mover. I, I think they'll have more opportunities because I think their yeah. transition game is going to improve.
1: I do. And I think that's been a big difference this year, too, is just the addition of Barry. You know, Slater Cuckoo comes in. Uh, Evan Bouchard getting some time now. William Lagasin gets some, uh, more time, and he was really playing a pretty crucial role in that physical battle level and, and penalty kill. But I just think because of that structure in the defensive zone, the game they want to play, they're starting from there. That's their starting point. But once they get the puck and start to move forward, there's been a real activation this year. And I and I and it's been a difference. I really think that it's just been one of those things that they're really conscious of. But it's paid off. It's paid off. Darnell Nurse, I mean, he's, he seems to always be up on the play in the right position to receive that pass. He's in a position all the time because he's an excellent skater and he gets there. Uh, and I think the defense as a whole are really trying to provide that second wave of support, number one, but also be there for an option off the attack. And when you have a rushing team like Edmondson has, especially with the talent they have, uh, that 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 's amazing to have that type of back end that 's stepping up and getting into those positions. Ethan bear for me, you know what listen he got off to a little bit of a slow start. I think that the heavy minutes early on for him he just it just kind of hit him. Um, I don't think he was moving his feet as much early on. I don't think he was making those decisions as quick as he was last year, maybe overthinking some things. And, and you know, listen, he played some solid games, but, you know, he's, he's still, for me, one of those players that once he kind of stabilizes and get back to that game that he played last year, for the most part of last year, um, he is a very smart player. He makes quick plays, that little in-tight play through a defender that looks easy, but it's not. He has that patience and poise to be able to do that protect the puck in the defensive zone and not throw it away. That's all part of the structure that Dave Tippett wants to play with. He doesn't want to have panic. He doesn't want to have pucks that are just thrown recklessly to areas. Eat the puck. Make a play. Get out of your zone as a whole and attack as a whole. And When the Oilers play that way, we've seen the results.
0: All right, Louie. Two quick ones for you. Uh, The Oilers were on the power play last night. Alex Chason was the net front and Connor McDavid fired a pass-through and Chason's stick exploded. Now, not that you were ever in that position, but did that ever happen to you back in the, Like, I, I, I was sort of in. I'm like, what the? How does it? Like, you obviously Chaseon was leaning down with his. Oh body yeah, weight. no, yeah, he's but, leaning hard on that stick. But I mean, that's that was. It was actually a pretty funny sequence. Not funny for Chaseon because he would have no. scored on the play, but
1: interesting stuff he's had some amazing chances in front of the net because he's in the right spot and he stands his ground in there. He uses his body very well. And that's why he's on the power play. And he had two of those last night, actually two of those from McDavid that went right through there. And he just, you know, he hasn't been able to capitalize on one of those this year, but that play's there, and it's a really difficult play to take away because they have so many other options that the penalty kill is trying to take away. But when chase on's in there as a right-handed shot, McDavid comes from high to low, and he skates that puck down. Once the puck is on his stick and he has a little bit of speed generated he can pretty much go anywhere he wants with that puck, and that's where it just opens up so many options for him, and if he looks up and sees that option, it's just a direct pass to a foot and a half from the net, and I mean, it, it, it would have been a tap, in, I believe if that stick wouldn't have broke. I think he would have just redirected that one right into the net. That wouldn't have been a problem, but, you know, that's that's the play they're looking for. there. He can go cross seam to dry saddle for the one time, or he can shoot it himself, which we've seen him do when he builds up that speed and walks down. He can pick that short side. Um, you know, do Eugene Hopkins in the bumper, also a one-timer. If there's a left-handed shot, he can go back to Barry. He has so many options once he gets that puck on that flank and starts to move down that the penalty kill can only take so many away and it's going to leave something open. And he's such he has such a high processor that he's just going to find that open line. Whatever one is open, he's going to take it, and it becomes that much more dangerous when you have a big guy standing in front. So just unfortunate. Listen, sticks break at inopportune times, and it seems for Chase on just in that spot this year, he just hasn't been able to connect neck but I can count probably at least seven or eight really, really good chances and yep. tight he's had this year in the power play that you know, typically last year that puck's going in the net. They just haven't gone in for him this year on the power play, but I think that it's still there, and it's still a real viable option. They use Paul there as well, and I think a big guy, same situation. Right-handed shot, a big guy, good on retrievals, takes up a lot of space in front of the net. Um, As they've talked about, they like to give different guys looks there. When James Neal in there, it works the opposite side, right? It's a left-handed shot, and it comes from the other side. But you know what? It's it's trying to keep that penalty kill guessing, which is important to try and have a very uh, strong power play.
0: Forty-second response, if possible, for Louis DeBrusse from NHL hockey and Rogers. Zach Cassian out for the home on home against Calgary. How much are the Oilers going
1: to miss him? They're going to miss him a lot because th- there's always an extra bit of energy in those games, as we know. And they play a physical game. They play an aggressive game. Edmonton can still play that game, and that's going to be really vital in the two-game matchup this Friday, Saturday. So um, they're going to miss him a lot, though. He's he's that energy guy. Obviously, he has a history with some players there. Yeah, they're going to miss him, but they're going to need other guys to step up and provide that energy and that physicality.
0: Great stuff, Louie. Appreciate you. Uh, you. got? Are you doing both games this weekend, one game this weekend, or do you have a weekend off? Just Saturday. Yeah, I'll do the Just Saturday game. We'll see you Saturday. Sounds good, bud. <laughs> Alright, that's Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers. 12.55 in Edmonton, back in 90 seconds time with the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Soffer on 630 Chad, just want to send a special shout-out. I talked to Louis DeBrusque about uh, my inadequacies in terms of my abilities figuring things out mechanically. Special shout-out to John at Lubex uh, for uh, helping me out with... uh <laughs> With one of the family vehicles. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Oh, wow. All right. Awesome stuff. Let's get into the orders now. Injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, Alberta's precedent setting injury lawyers. Trick Brown. Jim Brown, the gang, and James H. Brown want you to stay safe and stay positive. Back in the 6:30 Chet studios, Brendan Escott, Ethan Bear, William Laguson remain day to day for the Oilers, and we know that Zach Cassian still on the long-term injured reserve, of course, with that upper-body issue. Kale McCarr day to day for the Avalanche. He took warm-ups yesterday, did not play against Vegas. It is an upper-body issue for the youngster as well. An undisclosed injury will hold Blues defenseman Colton Pareko out of their game against San Jose tonight. Jaden Schwartz will. Also said he's got a lower body ailment. There you have it. It is 1258 in Edmonton. When we come back at 105 today for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, solar, the newest guest to our roster. Uh, we will hook up with NHL Network's Kevin Weeks after a global news weather traffic update,
1: Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.